Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much prospered as no other people on earth it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses, or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it, We will not surrender for it, now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob France. Yes, indeed. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. At eight minutes past the hour of nine o'clock on AM fourteen twenty, the answer: A new year is upon us. Our first live show of twenty twenty two. Some people checked in on me yesterday and said, "Hey, you good?" Because I heard a best of show yesterday. You got to understand, yesterday is a company holiday when the New Year's Day falls on a weekend. So we of course pushed that holiday to Monday. So yesterday was a best of show simply because the whole crew had the day. Uh, to kind of wrap up the holiday season, spend some time with family, getting things ready, whatever it is that people had to do. That is what I had to do. So we were perfectly fine yesterday, just on a holiday. And now we are back live for the first time in 2022. And uh, this is the fourth morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2022. It's going to get, you know, back when we used to write checks, that used to be kind of the... Uh, uh, you know, the mark of whether or not you are with it and on it. Because we used to write checks. Now most people pay their bills online, right? I'm, I'm making an assumption there. You pay, you pay your bills through your phone or you pay your bills through, you know, online services. Probably don't write checks nearly as much as you used to. Back in the day when we would flip into a new year, um, you know, we would write our checks. And oftentimes, absentmindedly, because you had been doing it for 12 straight months, you'd write the old year and, ah, doggone it, and you have to scribble it out or write a new check or whatever. Uh, I remember school, too, back back in school days. And again, that having been quite some time ago, 
I don't know how many papers kids use anymore either in school. But the same thing, when you would have to do an assignment, you have to write the date on the uh, on the assignment, on your paper. Oftentimes, you'd write the wrong year after the first of the year, sometimes into February before you got the habit of writing the new year. I say that now because I don't know if kids do work on paper much anymore. Whenever I see my kids, well, they're in college, but you know, over the course of the last couple of years or a few years, their 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 Chromebooks or their MacBooks or their laptops or whatever are open all the time. What are you doing, homework? And it's all tap 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 tap. Nobody writes anymore. But anyway, that's my way of saying I will probably screw up verbally and say 2021 a time or two over the next few days. Hopefully, I will beat that sooner rather than later and remember where we are. One of the things that we are doing to make sure that we know that this is a new year, you may have noticed at the top of the hour, you may have noticed on our webpage, the new name of this show, moving from the authority to what we are during this time slot each and every day, always right is the new name, the new brand of this radio program. We decided to come into the new year with a new attitude, with new spirit, with new um, aggression, quite frankly. And that doesn't necessarily mean a negative thing. People think aggressiveness means toxic masculinity and they need to be violent. No, 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 no. Aggressive can mean a number of things. And one of the things we are doing with Always Right with Bob France is we are going to bring a new level of aggression toward those who intend to tear down that which we have built. We are going to be aggressive in defense of the Constitution. We're going to be aggressive in defense of the First Amendment. We're going to be aggressive in defense of this republic, which is now teetering, teetering on the edge of being destroyed. It is, it is on the edge of a cliff, if you will. We're going to pull it back and put it on solid ground. And we're going to be aggressive in our defense against those who are trying to push it over and destroy it and to have it rebuilt in a model that our founding fathers never could, could, could never have imagined, couldn't have possibly foreseen in a, in a Marxist, socialist model that will take all of the power from we the people and put it in the hands of they the big government not something we're going to allow not something we're going to just take sit, you know sitting down or lying down we're going to be aggressive and we're going to do it because we're right always right and you can take that to mean whatever you want is there a double entendre in work there yes there is do i mean it in both ways yes i do I do not believe that we bring anything to the airwaves on any given day that is A, incorrect, and B, left, as in leftist of center when it comes to what is right and what is correct for our society. So we are going to be on every day, and we're going to be right, and we're going to be always right, and we're never going to surrender that, and we're going to be very aggressive in the way we pursue that. So I hope you are ready to fight with me. We have been waiting for 2022, obviously since the debacle in November of 2020. Ever since they stole the presidential election and consolidated power with the House of Representatives and the United States Senate, along with the the Oval Office, when they consolidated power, we said all we have to do is tread water 
Don't let them bury us in the next two years. Tread water, hold solid until 2022. That's what we said. Now, admittedly, that part of 2022 is still 11 months off. But we're here. We made it without the most destructive things that can be done legislatively or via executive edict from a tyrant named Biden or Brandon or whatever he calls himself. He apparently is okay with calling himself Brandon. He did agree. He did agree around Christmas time on live television that let's go, Brandon, I agree. Those were his exact words. So maybe we can call him President Brandon to his face now. He'd agree with it. But the damage that could be done, the worst damage that could be done done legislatively or uh, by executive fiat, so far has been held off. 11 months is a long time, but we are now in the calendar year in which the fight will be held for the future of this country. We will return to our capitalist, liberty-loving roots, or we will completely flip go over the edge, abandon capitalism, abandon constitutionality, abandon freedom, and embrace big government tyranny telling you what you can do, when you can do it, where you can do it, how you can do it, what you must put into your body, how often, etc., etc., etc. All of these things are literally in play now. So we're attacking 2022 with a new mentality. Um, And we're going to do it because we do our homework. We are right because we are predisposed to be so if we are constitutional, if we are believers in the origins of this great country that was built and built upon a foundation with a constitution unlike any other that has ever been written by any other free country. It is unique, and it has made us the greatest force for good in the history of humankind. Say that and say it loudly and proudly. The United States of America, when it was born, and through its evolution, and that means through its growing pains as well, not every element of the United States from its birth in 1776 has been without controversy or without mistake or without flaw. But a lot of blood was shed. A lot of money was spent to correct those flaws, to erase those shameful moments in our development, in our evolution as a civilization, as a society, as a people, as a country. A lot was sacrificed in order to make us what we are. And what we are now in 2022 is what we have been, the greatest force for good in the history of humankind the history of human civilization, the history of humanity. That's what we are, and we will defend that because we are right, always right. And I'm very much glad, very glad, rather, that you are here uh, with us to start this new year and that uh, hopefully you will be, and invite other people too. Those who don't know about this program, those who don't know what this station is all about, what we're dedicated to, seriously, share the information. Send the information. Use your social media for all of its horrors, for all of its uh, negativity, for all of its, um, uh, you know, uh, 
violations of the First Amendment and so forth. Use social media against itself. Tell people about this show. Tell people to contribute. Tell people to participate. Tell people to call. Make it your mission. Make it a a New Year's resolution to be more engaged, not just by listening to this program and nodding along with what you know to be right, because we will not bring you anything that is wrong, nor will we bring you anything that is leftist, because we know the devastation of leftism. Share this with other people. Become more active and involve yourself. Don't just sit and nod along. Pick up the phone and call. Add your two cents. Add your opinions. Ask your questions. And then remember the answers to take them with you into your daily uh, communications with other people. That's what Always Right is going to be all about, starting right now in 2022. All right. It's 18 minutes after the hour. I want to start our program, as I always do, with our Pledge of Allegiance. We'll save the monologue for the other side of the break, because I did want to explain to you who and what we are doing now in 2022. And by the way, the rebranding and the new show name is not the only change to this broadcast, to this program that is coming. It is coming sooner rather than later. Perhaps in a matter of just a few short weeks that this program will be expanded by one-third, expanded to a third hour. Uh, This is something we've been working toward now for a little bit. I think I talked about this toward the end of 2021. Boy, I just went back a couple. But I started talking about this toward the end of 2021. It is still in progress that we are going to be expanding the show to a third hour. So we have a ton of, of great stuff coming, and I want you to be a part of it. And I mean that in every sense of the word. Be a part of it by listening. Be a part of it by calling. Be a part of it by sharing with other people. We'll give you a monologue. We've got a couple of great guests coming up uh, as well. Mike Gibbons, Senate candidate, will be our first uh, guest coming up at 935. And then at 1010, of course, we start 2022 on a Tuesday, which is fortuitous for us because that means we start with a Kersenow day. Peter Kersenow will be with us at 1010, and he's locked and loaded. This, I promise you. But before we do anything else, please, patriots, go ahead and stand. Face your flag. Put your hand on your heart. If you don't have a flag, look at look out the window at a neighbor who may. Even if, even if you don't have one, just close your eyes and picture old glory rippling in the wind. For the leftists, for the Biden voters, for the Brandon supporters, go ahead and take your knee. We know you don't want to be a part of this anyway. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, 20 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock. Thanks for being with us. We'll get started with a little bit of news. The two biggest stories of 2021, the two stories that led most of our broadcasts in the last calendar year, one, COVID-19, two, race and racism in the United States. Somehow, they have managed to collide with one another. Somehow, they have managed to collaborate and collude with one another. And we are all going to pay the price for that. I'll explain right after this. Always right on AM 1420, The Answer. Twenty-four. Welcome to Always Right on AM 1420, The Answer. Appreciate you being with us. Don't forget Mike Gibbons, Senate candidate, will be joining me at 935. He's starting a pretty big uh, push in a big tour today, a bus tour. 
controversy over the bus, by the way. I'm going to talk about that, too, in a minute. Or actually with uh, Mike after 935. But the two biggest stories that we have led our program with uh, more times than any other over the course of the last year have been the the, uh, China virus and racism in America. Uh, the ongoing, quote-unquote, push for racial equity and racial equality and so on and so forth, it essentially has amounted to racism. And it's one of the reasons it's been the uh, uh, talk of the, uh, of, of the town, if you will, over the course of the last year. Now we start 2022 with a combination of COVID-19 and racism. Anti-white racism, of course, which is the only kind of racism that is signed off on and approved by the American left. Anti-white racism is just hunky-dory because of, well, history. The city of New York has said um, that it will prioritize, I beg your pardon, not New York City, my apologies, the state of New York. This is a statewide um, uh, initiative. They're going to prioritize in the distribution of the very limited supply of COVID-19 treatments that they have, they're going to prioritize non-white people. In other words, when you prioritize one race of people over other another race of people, you are what? You are practicing racial discrimination. In what could be life-saving treatments, the state of New York has said white lives don't matter. All right? Now, I want you to consider that, and I want you to understand that's not an overstatement. In a world in which black lives matter has become the rallying cry... For those who believe in Marxism and those who believe in, uh, in, in quote-unquote, D.I.E., diversity, inclusion, and equity, white lives don't matter. The state of New York is prioritizing non-white people in the distribution of COVID-19 treatments in short supply. Both monoclonal antibody treatments and antiviral pills will be given priority-wise to BIPOC, people of color. BIPOC, which, of course, is that strange acronym for uh, black indigenous people of color, I think is what BIPOC stands for. Non-white race or Hispanic Latino ethnicity will be considered a risk factor, even if they have no actual health risk factors, including things like obesity, diabetes, and other things that make one much more at risk of succumbing to a virus like COVID-19. Just having darker skin or having darker skin and speaking with an accent means that you are prioritized over people who have lighter skin and who don't speak with a foreign accent. Because, according to the state of New York, um, systemic poverty, which is clearly proven to be a risk factor in populations in New York State and nationwide, is added to the algorithm of prioritization similar to all other risk factors. It is mentioned as a factor that increases risk. So if you're white and in need of uh, treatment, like a monoclonal monoclonal antibody treatment for COVID, and if you have um, comorbidities, which make you particularly at risk, such as, as I said, obesity, uh, uh, diabetes, and others, if you have those things but you're white, you will sit in the back of that bus, you will wait in the back of that line, until all people with darker skin than you have had their treatments. If you die while waiting in that line, too bad, Whitey. Know your place. This is the policy in New York State right now. And guess what? It's not just in New York. Other localities have reported similar um, policies 
that are not making national news because, well, they're not New York. Uh, there have been a ton of reactions to this, including one from Tommy Lauren on Fox News, who said this very directly. This race-based COVID plan isn't progressivism on steroids. It's insanity. Yeah, for the party that claims to want unity, they're sure sending some mixed messages here. And I think that we should all take a page out of the book of John Dutton. And if this is what progress looks like, we should be the wall that progress runs into. This is not progressivism. This is just lunacy. It's ridiculous. And again, this is race baiting and identity politics, which is all the left has. But I think that there's a bigger conversation to be had here, as we've all discussed. We need to be focusing treatments and therapeutics on those that are more vulnerable. But in the bigger picture for this nation, we need to be talking about overall health. And if you recall, in the last two years of the pandemic, we've had gyms, we've had AA meetings, other things have limited capacity or be shut down altogether. So if we want to talk about helping those that are the most vulnerable, whatever their race or ethnicity is, we should be talking about overall health. And then we're talking about how we treat people. I'm of the opinion that freedom works best for everybody. So maybe the left should get a dose of that. Racial discrimination against any race is racial discrimination. And racial discrimination is something we were supposed to have put behind us after Jim Crow, after the Civil Rights Act was passed. But they don't want to do that. They don't want to put it behind us. The American left wants racial discrimination to happen because that leads to racial division. And racial division must happen for this capitalist society to be destroyed and replaced by the socialist Marxist dystopia that they see as a utopia to come in. Sean Duffy. You, you, you look at the, the, the racial issue, and it doesn't seem like that's a, a driving component of, of contracting or dying or being hospitalized from COVID. It's are you overweight? Are you old? Do you have comorbidities? Those are the risk factors, not how much pigment we have in our skin. Yeah. And what frustrates me is Democrats have a long history of uh, racism. It goes back to you know slavery. It goes back to segregation. And they're doing the same thing here, trying to, trying to divide America based on race. And I think what they're doing here is trying to break America, divide us, break us, so they can rebuild in their socialist communist ideology spot on ding 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 sean duffy has nailed it and i just want you know this uh, the left likes to call this whataboutism i don't care what they like to call it it's reality flip the script if any state leader in any state in america had suggested we're going to prioritize medication for people who are white and put the people who are not in the back of the line, tell me how well that would play. It would rightly be destroyed. It would rightly be called racist. Because racial discrimination cannot be allowed in this country, whether the minority is being discriminated against or the majority. It is not how this is supposed to work. All right, I've got more on that story coming up, but directly after the news, we're going to get into the Senate race. We are now into the calendar year of the race, or excuse me, of the election, and including the primary election in May. Uh, one of the most hotly contested races is the race for the Senate seat in Ohio, currently held by Rob Portman. Mike Gibbons wants that seat. He's going to join me after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. Because it'll give me time to think. If I had a chance, I'd ask a woman to dance and not be dancing with myself. When the world 
is upside down and the majority turns to the left. Turn to the right. Always right. With Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. That is exactly who we are, and that is exactly what we are. Welcome to Always Right on AM 1420, The Answer. A new attitude, a new aggression, because it's a new year, and it's a pivotal year. It is one in which we find ourselves on the brink of securing and defending and restoring our great republic or watching it disappear forever. That is not an overstatement. That is not made for dramatic purposes. It's not made for ratings purposes. That is a reality. And if we aren't careful, we will lose uh, the greatest gift that mankind has ever been given, and that is this free republic. All right, one of the men uh, wanting to be a part of the defense of that republic as a member of the United States Senate is uh, Mike Gibbons, who is, of course, a Northeast Ohio businessman, a very highly successful one, and one of a very crowded field of candidates in the Republican Party primary, which is going to be held in May. Uh, to uh, get the nomination to replace, uh, well, to battle in the general election, rather, to replace outgoing Senator Rob Portman. Mike Gibbons joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Mike, good morning. Good to have you. How are you, sir? Happy New Year. Good morning, Bob. I'm, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I understand there's a big bus tour kicking off today uh, in Parma, ah. statewide, right? Yes, there is. Uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to hit every uh, every town in Ohio if we can. And, uh, and that's the best way to get out. Uh, when people hear you talk, they actually can figure out whether or not they want to vote for you. And, you know, uh, they, when that, you combine that. Yeah, yeah that, that's an important thing. And, and I'm glad to hear that you're doing that. I think all candidates should get out there in as, as much as possible and, you know, show the human side up close and personal. It's one thing to see your face on a television commercial, and those are the faces of all, all of the other candidates. And, you know, you've got to can those things. You've got to prepackage the script in 30 seconds or 60 seconds or whatever right. it is that you bought. That's different than Q&A, man-to-man, person-to-person, tell me what you're going to do about this, what you're going to do about that. So that, that's got to be a big part of the next five months for you, right? Well, you know, there's one the... the the advertising we've done is is really uh, addressed at name recognition. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, most of the people in Ohio, I know you and I probably have, find this hard to believe, but most of the people don't even know there's a Senate race going on. And uh, and, and you've got to uh, at least bring your name to their attention, or when they do end up in the in the voting booth, they're not going to have any idea who you are. And uh, that's that's the purpose, and this is the next stage where we actually get up close and personal, as you said. You know, Mike, that's such a great point, and I'm glad you recognize that from a, you know, from a campaign standpoint, because you're right, unlike you and me. You know, I do, I do a political talk for a living. You are now in politics <laughs> as a candidate. We, everybody I talk to, everybody I, who listens to my show and that I talk to on the radio is well aware, and they know the issues, they know the candidates, they know the, right. uh, you know, the, the, the entire thing inside now. But the vast majority of Ohioans don't listen, and they don't, uh, you know, and everybody else for that matter, not just Ohio, but they don't listen to shows like this on a regular basis, and they don't know who you That's are, right. and they might not even know who the other candidates are in a particular race. Those are the people who are going to vote, though, and they may vote on the most random of things that make their choice from you or six other candidates here. So that's why that name recognition factor you talk about is so huge. That's that's exactly right, and you know I've, I've heard this. I don't I, I don't have any empirical evidence, but uh, you know we've been wandering around the state now. We announced in uh, in late April, and uh, and we've you know been to sixty six different counties and spoke to sixty six different groups. And if you add all those people up that we spoke to, 
because many times now we are speaking to the same people over again. It doesn't even it doesn't even come to five percent of the voting uh, population. So it's it's uh, you're just scratching the surface, and uh, you know the, the goal of, of trying to get elected uh, requires you to go out and, and, and find those people that may may not be interested in, in in every word that comes out of your mouth, but you have to know what you're made up of, what you stand for, and and, and what you believe in. So it's uh, that's the idea here, and uh, we're starting it in Parma. It's where I grew up. And, uh, and when I was, when I lived in Parma, there were like, uh, like four Republicans in the whole city and, and that's changed, uh, completely. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and so that's for a, the better for the people of Parma. And that's good. Yes, it has. Mike, yes, it I, I want to get into a number of things with you issue wise. I want to talk about COVID-19 policy. I want to talk about the border policy. I want to talk about build back better and what, uh, the future holds for that. Now that we are in a new year and Joe Manchin killed it the first time and, and all of that. And those things are more important than what I'm about to ask you. But I have to ask you to comment on this because I find it so incredibly stupid. You're you're about to launch your well, – and I'm sure you'll agree with how stupid this is, but it's reality. I saw online last night on Facebook something that just really ticked me off. You're starting your bus tour this morning, and your bus is a big, beautiful bus that's painted, and I'm looking at it right now with Gibbons and the State of Ohio logo and U.S. Senate and on the back part of the bus, join us, and it's got your website and this and that and the other. It's a beautiful thing, and it happens to be painted in the colors of your alma mater, St. Ignatius, which, by the way, you have made a big part of your campaign, talking about the importance of football in your development. You're, you're, you're growing up uh, and um, graduating from a tremendous high school like St. Ignatius, the things you learned in the classroom, married to the grit you got from football and so forth. It's a big deal for you. Well, online, right. <laughs> some idiots are putting your bus next to a bus from the campus of the University of Michigan. Because the colors happen to be the same or similar, blue and yellow, or in Michigan vernacular. Well, they're not the same. They're blue. Hold on, Mike. I'll let you respond to it in a second, yeah. but I want people to get this visual here. So they've got these two buses pictured one on top of the other, the Michigan bus and then the Gibbons bus, and people are online writing, an Ohio GOP candidate for U.S. Senate touring the state in a TTUN, which stands for that team up north, colored RV. Got to laugh at that one. I don't think Ohio State fans won't note, and don't think Ohio State fans won't notice. I'm just disgusted by the suggestion, the <laughs> implication that you're touring in a University of Michigan colored bus, running for the state uh, for the Senate seat in the state of Ohio. That's the implication they're making. I find it stupid. But Mike, as you and I just pointed out. You know, there are a lot of uninformed voters out there who may make their voting decisions based on the most random things, including such as, I ain't voting for that Michigan guy. And that's what the, you know, that's what these people are trying to promote online. It makes me sick. And I'll give you a chance to respond. Well, sure. I mean, if that is, uh, is, is how they would characterize me because, uh, I use my high school colors, which, you know, frankly, you know, I've had three sons that have gone there. I've got a nephew playing there now. Um, you know, it's an important part of my life. Frankly, I don't know where I'd be right now if I hadn't gone to St. Ignatius. It means a lot to me. I've been trying to be generous to the school. and and But if that's all they can come up with, I'm in pretty good shape. Um, because, first of all, uh, any any of my competition that did that, frankly, 
You had to just look at whoever the competition was. And I haven't seen any of this. I try to stay away from that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of hearing myself called call a fascist because I believe in American values. And uh, But wh- whoever whoever the candidate is, and I don't ever say anything bad about my uh, about my opponents. I don't think that's the way to go go about things. But but uh, they had to just reject them wholeheartedly because if that's what they're thinking about, they're missing the whole point here. This country's at risk. This country's in peril, and we don't talk about colors of buses. Uh, I mean, well, we if, shouldn't if, if anyway. That's, if that's <laughs> if that's where they're coming from, you know, they, they shouldn't be running for office. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, and to, and to be fair, I don't know that this necessarily has been prompted by right. any one candidate. These may be just other people. I don't. These I are, doubt it, but yes, yeah. You know, but but to me, and and you know as well as I do. I mean, look, I mean, I, I, rivalry wise, any Saint Ignatius person who sees green and gold is like seeing blood. It's ah, that's the enemy. That's that's the that's <laughs> yeah, the boys from Lakewood. Blood green, yeah, right. Yeah. And 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 anybody who wears green and gold sees that 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 Saint Ignatius blue and blue and gold, uh, and they despise that. And 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 I'm I'm concerned, Mike. No kidding. That people who do this kind of crap on social media reach people who bleed scarlet and gray, and are going to say that's a Michigan bus. I'm not voting for that guy. And it ticks me right. off today we have to even talk about this, but this is the kind of implication that they're making. So I'm, I agree with you when you say if this is the best they've got, you're in good shape. And I'm not saying this is the best they've got, though. All I know is if it flips one or two people who, 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 who go to bed with scarlet pajamas on and makes them say, I don't like that one because of that color, um, you know, that's, that, could, that could be a destructive thing. And I want people to stop that kind of dirty pool and that kind of dirty politics. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah, I mean, it's. It, in fact, I would even call it d- dirty. It's stupid. Uh, you know, right. every candidate in, in Ohio should be have scholar and gray posters and uh, in, in, in campaign colors. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> well, that's 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 what they're suggesting, and I agree with you. It is ridiculous. Now let's get to things that are not, and let's talk about Senate issues. Uh, Mike Gibbons, uh, yes. you know, uh, Build Back Better was not was is still a very dangerous thing. Uh, it is uh, every socialist dream. Uh, the expenditure of over five trillion dollars over ten years uh, on on uh, you know Green New Deal type of uh, promotions of uh, illegal alien amnesty type promotions. Uh, like I said, everything the progressives wish for. And you know, in a fifty fifty Senate, it only takes one. That one is Joe Manchin who said, "I'm not doing it." Now, though, that the calendar Thank is flipped. Yeah, well, for now, because the new news yeah. is the new news is that Senator Manchin is is willing to sit down and negotiate over segments and portions of that Build Back Better deal and things that would have to be changed for him to be a yes vote. So, if you go into that body uh, a year from now, Mike Gibbons, um, tell give me give me your your thoughts and your impression on uh, the way these things are decided because the left is trying to eliminate the filibuster uh, among other things so that they can get simple majority votes, but. Specifically on Build Back Better, what would Mike Gibbons do uh, other than vote against such legislation? Well, you know, you know, Bob, I start with the economics of the whole situation. I mean, this, you know, and and, and I think I differentiate myself from the other candidates to some degree there. Um, you know, I studied economics. I taught economics. I mean, it, we have a country that has an unsustainable level of debt and an unsustainable level of expenditures. And going to a welfare state... Because uh, that's really what this is. This is more of uh, it, it's more of the same. Uh, the progressive attitude toward uh, let's uh, take care of everybody from cradle to grave, and uh, and, and and I we reject that. And, and I think most Americans do. 
I mean, what we have in this country that nobody else has is freedom. And every time the government gets bigger, we have less freedom. So from, from an economic standpoint, you know, we're in the midst of, of, of some pretty intense inflation. Uh, you know, the definition of inflation is too, too many dollars chasing too few goods. There's going to be a lot more dollars out there. This, this is, is, is not only not timely, uh, but frankly, this is still a center-right country that doesn't want to peep, support people from cradle to grave. And, and this is just more of the same. And I think, you know, they say Joe Manchin's a bad guy because he's not being a good Democrat. Joe Manchin's a middle-of-the-road guy that doesn't want to see this country head down the same path that all the uh, democratic socialist uh, governments in, in Europe have done. That if, if the democrat socialists in Europe ever were attacked, they can't support themselves in, in any kind of a military affair because, uh, because they've spent all their money on making sure people are voting for the, for the people that are running for office. That's what this is all about. It's about power. Um, if you, you know, if you get a check in the mail, are you going to vote to ever stop that check? No, you're not. We can't let them get their thing, their foot in the door any more than it's already in. This country's built on the basis of individuals trying to achieve personal success, which which takes the rest of the country in, into being successful as a whole. We've gotten away from that, and and my campaign is based on. The power of the individual to go out and, and, and change America. Well, that that and, word and they you do just that used, by succeeding themselves. That word you just used is so key, and that is achieve success, not have success handed yes. to them by the government, uh, which is all we have seen in the in the two years now that we've been dealing with this pandemic and the ridiculous measures in response to it uh, is people waiting for the government to hand things to them you know give me give me another check send me another stimulus et cetera et cetera rather than going out and earning and achieving which has been partially you know the uh, the cause of this extraordinary inflation highest inflation we have had in a generation so from that standpoint mike tell me about the inflation uh, you know, you're a successful businessman, so you have battled, you know, rises and, and dips in uh, the economy, uh, in inflation, uh, and so forth, dealt with recession. Uh, the, the Biden administration says this is transitory. This is only a very temporary <laughs> rise in inflation. Uh, your chuckle is a good response to that. Tell me more. Well, you know, initially I would have agreed there was some transitory inflation. COVID caused it. There were short shortages, supply chain problems. When that happens, and of course you had the Biden administration, which all but uh, made energy companies say, why put any more capital expenditures in, in looking for more oil and gas? Uh, because uh, we're not going to be supported by the government, and if anything, they want to see us bankrupt. You, you, you heard uh, uh, <laughs> Biden's candidate for the controller of the currency to say that we should have all the energy companies go bankrupt. So that puts pressure on prices. And and that those but those are those are costs that are going up. Uh, what we're seeing right now is wage push inflation, which is is the really serious inflation, and I'm seeing it all around us. Um, I see it in our firm. Uh, we've just raised our starting salaries by by a substantial amount because we can't hire people unless we do. Everybody is raising wages right now. I have I have a son that just started with a law firm. Um, they called him before he even started and said, by the way, you got a big raise. Um, <laughs> I mean, that never happened to me when I was a kid. <laughs> I wish it went up. But, me but, uh, <laughs> but But it's happening all around us. You're seeing uh, largely unskilled people 
uh, be paid much more because you can't get anybody that, uh, uh, that, that, you know, that, that wants to do the, the, you know, the more menial jobs to work at all. And, and you're going to have to see those wages go up in order to attract them. And that's what creates the inflation that, that will seep into every part of our lives. And inflation is a tax and it's a tax on the very people that the Democrat party claims to want to help. People with assets will survive, but people without assets are going to be affected greatly, and, and it's a it's a crying shame, and uh, and it's and it's a real problem. And what they've done is their attempt to gain the reins of power has overcome um, what what is what is the benefits that, that should go to to the people that that they represent, and uh, and, and, and 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 that's the Democrat story right now. Mike, super short Five on time votes. here. Uh, Mike, Mike <laughs> sure. Gibbons, I'm super short on time here, but I want to squeeze in one of the questions. Senator Cruz said in an interview over the weekend that um, the Republicans will likely impeach Joe Biden over the border policy if they win the House majority. Um, yes. Do you agree with that? And is that something that I should do. be done? Because, uh, again, we literally have no border now. Our sovereignty has been sacrificed uh, at the altar of, of, of you know the Democrats. Um, go ahead. Give me your thoughts on that. Now, this is a country where where the people elect representatives to create legislation that runs the country. You know, they talk about Donald Trump and his move toward authoritarianism. We have the most authoritarian president we've ever had in history. More executive orders than any other president. That's exactly what this is. He's ignoring the law. And when you ignore the law, he took a he took an oath to defend this the Constitution of the United States. He's ignored the Constitution. He has breached his duties as president. He deserves to be impeached. Mike Gibbons, only a couple of uh, big issues we were able to get through today, but we will talk a lot. There's a long time between now and May with the primary. I appreciate you coming on, Mike Gibbons. Uh, good luck Thanks on the bus tour me, from Parma and all over this great state. Hope you have a great time <laughs> meeting the folks, and uh, we'll talk to you again Thank soon, you. Mike. Thanks, Bob. Thank you very much. Mike Gibbons joining us now. It's 9.55. We'll take a time out. You're listening to Always Right on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, just three minutes before the top of the hour, and we've got uh, Peter Kirsten out coming up after the top of the hour at 1010 as we start the new year on a Tuesday, which is, again, very fortuitous for us. Going back briefly to the, the lead story, the uh, topic of our monologue today, a marriage of the two big stories of 2021 to start 2022. The two biggest stories were, of course, racism and racial equity pushes uh, and uh, the, China, the China virus, uh, COVID-19. We marry them together now to start 2022. The state of New York has said that if you are seeking treatment for COVID-19 and you are white, go to the back of the bus and sit down and shut up. If you are white, go to the back of the line and wait your turn because people of color are prioritized. Their lives apparently matter more than white lives. This is an insane policy, but it's real. It's not made up. This isn't April Fool's. This is just after the new year. Uh, there's some irony in this. Tammy Bruce on Fox News pointed to that irony. 
here's what we have to consider, and this is the horrible irony of this, is that the rates of vaccination amongst people of color, black Americans in particular, is lower because, understandably, they have some suspicion about the intentions of government, considering the history, especially regarding health care, when it comes to government orders and people of color, black men in particular. We can think of the Tuskegee experiments as an example. The problem with this is, and everyone notices it, that this is no different than that. That the government has in the past uh, done made decisions based on pe- uh, the color of people's skin, based on ethnicity, against them. It's been a problem. And when we still see it happening in the 21st century, you know, people of color aren't going to look at this and say, oh, great, now we're getting the good end of the stick. It's a sign that the government has not learned any lessons from this past. And nobody wants this. Everyone in New York sees that the decisions by the government has harmed us. We have a new mayor today, thank goodness. But this is for the governor. They're going to have to ask her and everyone else, when did the governor know that this was going to be the case? What kind, who made these kinds of decisions? Because as you've said, it's illegal and it's harmful and it's going to cost people their lives. Think about that for a second. She made a point there that nobody else has really talked about, and she's spot on. If you're a person of color and you know the history in this country of uh, experimentation, if you will, uh, when it comes to vaccination against certain diseases or providing treatments against certain diseases and viruses and so forth, and she mentioned Tuskegee as an obvious one, uh, which deliberately harmed black males uh, as part of their experiment. How would you feel about the new um, the new orders of the state of New York? New drug available, black males get in line first, everybody else second. <laughs> what are they going to think? The insanity of dividing people by race when it comes to medical treatments available cannot be overstated. It is literally insane. It, it cannot be justified with any rational uh, thought or rational excuse or reason. But this is, well, this is leftism. And rational thought and rational reasoning uh, simply doesn't exist among leftists. But that's the reality of the situation. Curse and I will respond to that story and so much more coming up after the news with us. This is Always Right on AM 1420 The Answer.